This is where I feel the most joy, the most significance in my life. And I'm saying all that to say this today. As we're looking at God rebuilding things in us, this is the kind of life that God wants for each of us, for you. You might think, well, I just kind of go to work and I take my kids to sports or I go to work and watch TV or read a book or whatever. But I'm telling you, this is the kind of life that God has planned for each of you as long as you just simply open yourselves up and say yes to God. So that's kind of the main thought I want you to be thinking of as we look at Nehemiah chapter 1 again and a little bit into chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, Nehemiah chapter 1. We're looking at God doing this work in the nation of Israel. God speaking to Nehemiah, giving him a burden for what needs to be done. Nehemiah looked at the city of Jerusalem as he was in the Babylonian Empire. He looked at the city of Jerusalem, saw the walls torn down, the temple had temple was in disrepair, and God put that burden in his heart to go back and rebuild the city walls, to help rebuild that city, to rebuild the nation of Israel. And there are so many parallels between that, that story of Nehemiah, and the rebuilding work that God wants to do in us, and that's what I want to talk about today. Last week, Nehemiah, we talked about he learned what has happened to Jerusalem. He begins to weep and mourn, and fast, and pray. He prays this great prayer that we read last week in Nehemiah chapter 1, and we're going to look at that prayer again. It's Nehemiah 1, starting in verse 5. This is the prayer that Nehemiah prays when he has heard about the city of Jerusalem, and when he is starting to sense that God wants him to do something about it. Verse 5 of Nehemiah 1 says this, Then I said, and this is Nehemiah's prayer, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love, with those who love him, keeps his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant. And to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name, give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. We're going to stop there. Now, the presence of this man he's talking about is the king. Nehemiah works in the court of the king. He is the cupbearer to the king. So he is, I mentioned this last week, he's kind of living the easy life in the palace of the king, except he's the cupbearer, which means that anytime the king is going to drink wine or eat any food, Nehemiah's got to taste it first in case somebody has poisoned it, and then Nehemiah dies, and then the king knows, oh, someone tried to poison me. That's, the only, that's really kind of the only downside I can see about this job. But that's, where, that's, that's what he was. Now, he, when he says, give me success today by granting me favor in the presence of this man, he's about to go talk to the king. The king of the empire that has been opposing Israel. The king of the empire that took over the empire um, that had all these empire, that had all these exiles living there. The king of this empire, Nehemiah, is about to go and say, "Hey, I feel like I'm supposed to go rebuild Israel and Jerusalem." 
And so he is praying. He is praying this great prayer. Now, I want to point out a few things about Nehemiah's prayer, and this is really what we're going to look at today. Some, a few things out of this prayer that I, want to, that I want to point out. And the first one is this. Right? Actually, the first one is just kind of a side note. Um, we have to remember that Nehemiah is just a regular guy. It's just a regular guy. We look back through the scriptures and we see kind of the heroes of the faith, Moses, King David, Nehemiah, you know, uh, the great prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and then you read through the New Testament, the great apostles, all these great things we did. And we tend to assign kind of hero status. And we do that, and as a result, we start to think, well, that, they did great things because they were kind of like the Michael Jordan of the Bible kind of thing, like the, the greatest of. You know, the Mount Rushmore of great people, you know, the, these guys are in there. They're the heroes. They're kind of the Hall of Fame. They are different than me. I'm just a regular person. And whenever we do that, we miss the point because we have to remember Nehemiah was just a regular guy. He was just a regular person who was simply open to God, who was simply willing to say, God, how can I help here? He simply said yes to God. And what happened was God put this burden on Nehemiah's heart. He heard about Jerusalem. He heard about Israel. And he had that burden to do something about it. God put that burden there. This was about to become that thing that he looks at and says, I can't believe I get to be a part of this. Look what God is allowing me to do. That thing that brings him fulfillment and joy, like I was talking about a few minutes ago. That burden, that passion in his heart, God put that there. And as a quick side note on that, God is putting that in you, or has put that in you. Each of you have that burden, that thing, that thing that you want to be a part of, that God vision, that God um, circumstance that you say, I see this and I want to do something about this. And some of you know what that is. Some of you know what that is. Some of you have always had a burden for certain things. It might be helping certain people in certain needs. It might be student ministry. It might be whatever it is, God has that burden, that passion in you. And he's going to stir that up in you. But I want you to, as we look at Nehemiah, I want you to always have that rolling around in your mind. Nehemiah was just a regular guy, just a regular guy that God used. In fact, I love that God seems to go out of his way to use the regular people, to use the people that you would say, uh, I don't think anyone would have looked at that person and thought, oh, there's greatness there. And God steps in, takes that person, and leads them to do great things. It seems that God does this intentionally, and I love that he does it so that this group of people today could say, we're just like those people in the Bible. We're regular people that God is going to take. God is going to put a vision in our heart for our life, and God is going to use us to do amazing things. I love that God is intentional about telling the ordinary people, I've got great, great things for you to be a part of. I love that. So one thing, another thing I want to point out about this prayer that Nehemiah prayed in Nehemiah 1, and this is kind of the main point today. Prayer was a regular thing for Nehemiah. Prayer was part of his life. This, uh, this time where before, you know, before he was going to see the king, we see that he for days spent hours and hours praying. We see this in other passages where prayer was a part of his life. This time carved out of his day where he said, I'm going to spend some time praying to God. This was an important time. He set aside time. He set, it looks like he set time in his schedule at the start of the day to start his day with prayer to God. He had a close relationship with God. When he's praying this great prayer, he's asking God for big things. 
He knows he's about to ask for big things. And he does this out of the con- in, the, in the context of a close relationship with God that has been fostered by spending time in prayer, regular times of prayer. And what I'm saying to you today is this life that God wants to build in you, these things that God wants to do through you, this character he wants to build in you, the things that are broken that he wants to rebuild in your life, the foundation for that, the starting point for that is going to be a regular personal time of prayer. Okay, and I know you've probably heard this in church before, but it is foundational to that building work that God wants to do in you is a time of regular prayer. Okay, now I just want to encourage you to do that, and I know it's difficult. For me, it became more difficult now that the school year started and the middle schoolers are getting up at like 6 a.m., and I'm just like, wow, I'm tired now. I'm not a morning person, and when am I going to find this time to pray? And it's become more of a, it's become harder for me to find that time, and I'm going to be diligent at finding time, preferably at the start of the day, but I want to encourage you, find some time in your day to have a regular time of prayer. Set it in your calendar, okay? And I know we prioritize things that are important to us, don't we? If there's something that's really important, we're going to put it in the calendar. So I want to encourage you, be proactive about this and set a time in your calendar if you have to. Set a reminder. Carve out a time. Carve out a place in your house where you know this is the time where I meet with God every morning. I think we tend to... um, be too react, uh, we react too much in our life. We, I guess there, there was a quote that I found on the internet, so if it's on the internet, it's got to be important and true. Um, you will live your life or your life is going to live you. So what I'm saying by that is the things that are important to you, be intentional, proactively plan for those, rather than just going through your life reacting to things. Does that make sense? If you start your day and think, you know what, at the end of the day, if I got time left over, I'll spend some time praying to God. At the end of the day, you're going to be wiped out and exhausted. You're going to realize, oh, the day came, time came and went, no time left, I'm just going to go to bed, and then maybe tomorrow. It's going to get away from you. So I want to encourage you to schedule this time of prayer. Schedule what is important. Don't just wait for what is left over and give that to God. In fact, this idea of giving God first, there's nothing magical about starting your day in the morning with prayer, but I think it's a great way to start your day. But this idea of giving God first, you see throughout Scripture, whether it's in regards to time or in offerings or in finances, you see that through the Scripture where God says, I don't want you to just wait until the end and see what's left over and give me some of that. I want you to give me the first as a way of showing that you trust me So whether it was finances, whether it was an offering or any sort of service that people were doing, God is saying, I want you to give me the first and trust me that I'm going to take care of the rest. So in in a time of prayer in the morning, when we give God the first minutes of our day, the first hour of our day, and it doesn't have to be an hour. Some of you thinking about praying for an hour, you're like, what in the world? I would run out of things to say, and then it would just be like an awkward first date for like a whole hour. Like, nobody's talking. This feels weird. Start with 10 minutes. Start with 10 minutes and just say, I'm going to pray for 10 minutes. But I want to encourage you at the start of your day, give God the first part of your day. Give God the first part of your day. And by that, tell God, I trust you that you're going to be faithful with the rest of my day. Another thing I want to point out about this prayer that Nehemiah prayed. When he prayed, he focused on who he was praying to. If you read that again, look at the number of times he refers to, Lord, God in heaven, 
great and awesome God, the God who keeps his commandments of love, the God who keeps his covenant, the God who is full of mercy. He mentions those things about who God is so many times. The God who hears, the God who is merciful, the God who is able to do great things. He's not saying these things to remind God. God doesn't need to be reminded who he is. When we pray, and when we pray reminding ourselves who God is, it's for us. It's for us when we can say, I'm reminding myself who I'm praying to, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who created me, the God who knows what I need more than I do, the God who is able to do amazing things, the God who is able to do miracles and provide. It is important for us, if you're going to have a time of prayer, remind yourself who you are praying to, who you're praying to, the great, awesome God, it is so important for us to be reminded who we are praying to. The boldness that we see in Nehemiah's prayer, the boldness that we're about to see as he goes and talks to the king, this is all rooted out of, I know who I am because I know who God is. I know who is with me. I am praying to the almighty, powerful God, the God who is able to answer any prayer. If you are praying in the morning this week, I encourage you to do that. Come at it with a mentality of, God, I know you're able to answer any prayer. Sometimes we get weary in prayer because we've been praying for things and it seems like the answer has been no. And sometimes we pray and the answer from God is a no or is a not yet. But you want to know what answer we never, ever, ever get from God? We never hear from God, I'm not able to. I'm not able to do that. I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. God is able Remind yourself of that in prayer. Even if, it, even if we feel like God is not answering it the way we thought, remind yourself this is the God who is able to answer any prayer. That is going to be a stretch for some of us because, and I get this way in prayer sometimes where I'm praying and I'm kind of praying my list of needs and wants, and it can become kind of selfish. Have you ever felt that way in prayer where I'm just, well, Lord, help my day. Help me to get that promotion at work. Help the traffic to be not so bad because I'm running late and help me to be on time. You know, all these things that um, we can tend to get a little bit selfish in our prayer. There's times where we're just praying for our own needs and wants, and God is uh, seemingly saying no to those things as a way to get us to think about outside ourselves. But God saying no to a prayer, I want to encourage you with this, doesn't make him a bad God. Have you ever felt like God was a bad God because he wasn't answering your prayer? God is not a bad God because he says no. Just like imagine my kids, um, for example, a few weeks ago in the morning, early in the morning on a school day, Betty walked down from her room in the morning and walked over to the fridge and opened the fridge and pulled out a chocolate bar that she had bought a couple of days before at CVS. And I'm like, what's that? She looked at me, and Betty is 12. She looked at me, and noticed how I had to think about that. Um, she looked at me and she's holding the chocolate bar and she said, it's breakfast. And I said, no, you're not having candy for breakfast. She's like, no, 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 it's breakfast dessert. And I said, okay, well, what are you having for breakfast? She said, well, nothing. But for breakfast dessert, I'm having this chocolate bar. And I said, no, you're not having candy for breakfast. Just last week, we had a leftover from a birthday party. We had a little bowl of M&Ms just sitting on the counter. Charlie, first thing in the morning, walks down looking for something to eat for breakfast before school, grabs a handful of M&Ms. I'm like, no, you're not having candy for breakfast. Me saying no to my kids' candy for breakfast does not make me a bad dad. Right? Now, some of you might be saying, yeah, it does. If the kids were here, they'd be saying, yeah, it does. I'm saying, as, as a dad, candy for breakfast is one of those things where I'm like, no, that's not what you need right now. 
And so often we look at God when he says, no, that's not really what you need right now. And we, like my kids that day, well, how could you do that to me? You're a bad father. Um, Sometimes we're frustrated with God in our prayer life because we're praying candy for breakfast types of prayers. Like, I just want this. God, why can't you give me this? Where is our focus when we pray? When we pray, is our focus on us and our wants or is it on God? God, what do you want to do through me? But we always pray with a God is able to expectation. God, I know you are able to. Finally, one other thing I want to point out in this prayer time that Nehemiah had. He simply prayed the details of his day. He prayed the details of his day. He said, Lord, here's what I'm facing today. I've mentioned this before and we've talked about prayer. Give God your day. Start your day with God and say, Lord, here's what I am facing today. Here's my calendar. It might be, I am overwhelmed by this. I don't know how I'm going to get everything done today. Maybe you're a student. Maybe you are a schedule that is lined up with meetings. Maybe there's decisions that need to be made in the family. Maybe there's things weighing you down with your kids or your marriage, and you're looking at your day, and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I can't get through this. Give God your day. Nehemiah gives God the things that he is facing that day. I'm about to face the king. I'm about to ask this. Lord, grant me success. Grant me favor. Give God your day. When you're praying in the morning, say, God, what do you want for my day today? I know I've got this list of things. Is there someone that I can be a light to? Is there someone that I can share a message of hope with? How can I honor you today? Maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe you're struggling with something and you can start your day and say, Lord, I want to get through this day without falling into this temptation or without giving into this struggle or without being taken down by this opposition or whatever. Help me through the day, but bring God into your day. This was Nehemiah's prayer. This is his prayer as an example to us that prayer has to be a foundational thing for us. If we're going to look for God to build that life, if we're going to be a part of the big, awesome, eternal things that God wants us to be a part of, it starts with a time of prayer. And as we close, I want to read the next chapter, a few verses in the next chapter, chapter 2. This is where he now, after his time of prayer, this is where Nehemiah goes and speaks to the king. The king who rules over the empire that has been opposed to Israel, he is now asking for permission to go rebuild Israel. We're going to look at chapter 2, verse 1 through 5 of Nehemiah. It says this, In the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. And then, you know, he's the cupbearer, so he would have tasted it and then given it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven And I answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so I can rebuild it. We're going to pause there just for a second. This is the big moment. This is the big moment where Nehemiah goes and asks the king. 
and he, uh, he's talking about his sadness in his heart and his nation where his ancestors are is laying in ruins. And the king says, what do you want me to do for you? And what does it say there? I love that little sentence right there. In verse 4 it says, the king said to me, what is it you want? And then it says this, then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. I love picturing Nehemiah. He has had his days leading up to this in prayer. And now he's gotten the boldness to go talk to the king. And the king says, what is it that you want? And in that moment it says, then I prayed to the king. I imagine Nehemiah just real quick, as the king is like sitting right there waiting for an answer, Nehemiah is just like, Lord, this is like a really quick prayer. Like, Lord, please remember what we talked about in prayer. And then he asks. Like, it's that little quick hit prayer. Have you experienced that in your day where all of a sudden something comes up and it's like the quick, Jesus, I need you right now prayer. You know, like the quick hitter prayer, the quick interjection prayer. We've all done that. Sometimes it's when something comes up unexpected. Sometimes it's when you're trying to get up boldness to do something. God has put on your heart to say something to someone and you're just about to do it and you have the quick reminder pep talk prayer like, oh Lord, help me, here I go. And it's, I love those little prayer moments. I've experienced those. I'm sure you have. Sometimes it's when someone cuts you off in traffic and you're about to swerve off the road and it's just more of a Jesus, take the wheel kind of prayer, you know, those sorts of prayers. It's those quick, those quick prayers, those quick hitter prayers I'm referring to them as. We do those often. But why, why I'm bringing this up is our life can't be based on those prayers. Our life can't be based on those quick reaction prayers or those quick in the heat of the moment prayers. We can do those prayers when we have anchored our life in the daily foundational prayer times with God. I love that Nehemiah said the little quick prayer right there, but he had prefaced it with a foundation of prayer in his life. His life was a life of prayer. I want to encourage you. If you're going to be participators in God's rebuilding work in you, rebuilding work in your families, in your communities, we must have a solid foundation of prayer. And then what happens, those quick prayers throughout the day, they're just kind of reminders of what was discussed in the morning foundational prayer time. Does that make sense? When we pray during the day, it's like, God, Here's what I'm facing right now. And we can be reminded, yes, but this morning when I prayed, we settled this and I declared that you are with me and I am filled with faith right now. I know that you are over this circumstance now because we prayed this through this morning. Illustrate it this way. It's football season and some of you are antsy right now because the Vikings have kicked off five minutes ago and you're still here. Incidentally, while football season is going on, we're going to have a, a generous DVR understanding where I've got the game recorded, so I don't need to know what the score is after service today if you're watching it on your phone right now, pretending it's your Bible, but you've got your phone right there. So illustrating this with a football analogy, because I'm all about football, you look at me and you think, there was a high school football star. That's not the case. Why are you laughing so hard? Um, Before the game, there's the meeting, there's the plan, there's where everything is set in place. This is what we're going to do, team. This is how we're going to do it. This is what we're going to focus on. This is what we have to do. Priorities, this, this, this. Are we ready to go? Yes. That's kind of the foundational prayer moment. Throughout the game, there are often reminders. This is not going well, team. Remember what we talked about before the game. This is what we're focusing on. Remember this, remember this. We've got to remember that. If in the middle of the game, the coach runs out and says, guys, I think we need to come up with a plan for the game. It's too late. The plan for the game has been settled before the game. So I say that as an illustration. The quick prayers throughout the day, the reaction prayers, those are fine. But it's got to be based on what we settled in prayer that morning. If something comes up, we can say, no, 
I'm not going to fall into that temptation today because we settled this in prayer this morning, that I'm going to live this day to honor God. No, I'm not going to give into that fear because I know that all, through all things Christ gives me strength. We settled that in prayer this morning. Does that make sense? I want us to have that foundation of prayer and then remind ourselves, as Nehemiah did in those quick moments, God, help me remember what we talked about today. Help me remember what the goal is today. Help me remember that my focus is to honor you today. All these things that we talked about this morning in prayer. Um, This is why as parents, we want to have preemptive conversations with our kids, right? We know that they're going to face stuff, and I don't want it to be reactionary parenting moments. There's going to be enough of those anyway. So the more things that we can settle with our kids of, here's what it means to be a follower of Christ, in middle school, in high school. Here are the things that you're going to face. We have these conversations. Christy does a great job having these conversations with our kids. Here's what's going to come up. Here's what you need to know. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what Christian Christ followers do. Here's what members of the Kerr family believe in. Here's what we do. We have these things so that when it does come up with our kids, they can lean on, we've talked about this. I know this. Now, it's not foolproof. It's not like guaranteed to keep your kids away from every sort of trauma and, and temptation and everything like that. But I would much rather, in parenting, in prayer, in life, have things settled first, and then we can remember those things when we're facing temptation, right? When we're facing trial, we can remember those things. Rather than living life reacting to everything, when stuff comes up, we can remember what we have prayed about, who is with us. So the story continues on as we wrap up today. Verse 6, after Nehemiah gets up the courage, he prays, he answers the king, if it pleases the king, if your servant has found favor in his sight, Let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried so I can rebuild it. And then in verse 6 it says this, Then the king, with his queen sitting beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, If it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my requests." So I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates and gave him the king's letters. The king had also sent an army, also sent army officers and cavalry with me. This is how the story, this moment of this story ends. He gets up the courage and the king responds favorably. The king responds favorably. We talked about how last week, how God can turn the hearts of our leaders and our political leaders and rulers and authorities. Look what happens. This burden that God put in Nehemiah's heart, this eternity-changing thing, this big life thing that God wanted Nehemiah to be a part of, to rebuild the city walls, not only now is the king allowing it, the king of the empire is allowing it, but he is paying for it. He is sending troops to protect Nehemiah. He is giving orders to give him all the materials he's going to need. Like, this is a really good business meeting at work. If you have this and you're going in not sure what's going to happen and all of a sudden it's, yeah, you can do that and what do you need and here's how I can help you and let me fund it and all this stuff. I mean, that's a great day at the office right there. This life for Nehemiah, what God was asking him to do, what God was preparing him to do and doing through him was rooted in a prayer life. This rebuilding work that God has for you is rooted in prayer. 
So this week, spend time with God. Spend some time with God, even if it's 10 minutes. I would love it if all of us would just say for one week, 10 minutes every morning, whether it's before the kids get up, whether it's right after they go to school, whatever it is, sometime in the first part of your day, take some time and say, God, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bring you into my day. If you don't know what to pray, just read through the prayer of Nehemiah and apply some of those things to your life. Read through some of the Psalms that talk about God's greatness, God's goodness, his power, and just apply those attributes of God to your life. I would love for you to do that this week. I'm going to be doing that this week, really prioritizing every morning time of prayer where we can hear from God, where he can put that burden in our life, what he wants to do through us, where he can do that rebuilding work in us. This is the life that God wants for each of us, and it'll come when we prioritize a time of prayer. Amen? So let's pray together as we wrap this up today. Lord, I thank you that you are God of the universe. You are able to answer prayers. You are able to do great things. And you put in us unique burdens and desires, things that we can be a part of, things that will bring us joy, eternal joy, things that will fill us with that this is why I'm here mentality. This is what I was put on this earth to do. Lord, I pray that you would do that work in us. For those of who are here who know the, the big kingdom thing that you want them to do, I pray that you would stir their heart for that that you would continue to instill vision for that in their life. And for those who have no idea what that is, I pray that you would speak to them. But this week, Lord, we commit ourselves to just spend a few minutes in prayer every day, and I ask that you would respond by building in our lives character, faith, trust, joy, hope, purpose, and passion, these things that you want for each of us. Build that in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thanks, Homestead. Have a great day.